The Green Top Outdoors podcast is brought to you by the Mike Chenault Group, Hometown Realty. They are sportsmen and realtors. The only thing they love more than hunting and fishing is selling great pieces of land and homes. Dream homes on the river where you can fish right from your dock to land where you can adventure to your heart's content. Hometown Outdoors can help you find it. Let our friends at the Mike Chenault Group help you get the outdoor space you need for homes or land in Central Virginia. Visit hookupwithhometown.com. That's hookupwithhometown.com and click outdoors to learn more. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. All right, today is a special day during the Green Top Expo because our special guest today is Jerry. And I don't want to mess this up, Jerry. It's at Michalik. Michalik. Yeah, good job. Thank you. That's what I thought. Thank you for being here. My pleasure. Uh, I mean, you're like the greatest shooter ever. Well, we don't. We're not gonna go that deep. But I, 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 I have fun at it. I can tell you that. Some you people will call you I, the I greatest. Have, I have ever. fun at it. So good. No, I mean, you being here at the expo this year has been great. I mean, I know our customers love it. Everybody loves you, man. And you did a you did a breakfast up at the shooting range this yep. morning. Yep. Thank you for doing that. He um, said he had some trouble loading a speed loader, so I had to go up and help. Him. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, he, could, he couldn't get his next six in there. It's good to have coaches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. How was your trip here? Was it good? It was good, yeah. All right. Well, you're Arkansas, is that right? Louisiana. Louisiana, excuse yeah. me. Close. Yeah. yeah. All, all the same. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's all south. Okay, it's all south of here. So how, how long have you been shooting for Smith? 31 years. Man, that is a long time. And it you is. started shooting professionally back in the late 80s? Well, like I competed for like 14, 15 years before Smith picked me up. Yeah. And uh, the, I think the reason for that was they had a competition called the Masters. It was down in Illinois. And anyway, I beat the pistol guys with an 8 and 3 inch model 27 revolver. <laughs> I didn't know that. And, 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 and the speed shooting stuff. So uh, they were forming a team around that time, Roy Jenks. Yeah. He was at that time the company historian. And Roy, Roy Jenks is recognized as probably the most knowledgeable person on Smith & Wesson's Alive huge collection he's a big collector and he yep. has uh he was i think president of the smith of wesson collectors association yep so okay. so he wanted to form a team and just to happen to be at the masters that i was doing pretty good and he needed a revolver guy so it worked out pretty good for me yeah so here i am and were you you've got a gunsmithing background as well not really i'm i'm an industrial mechanic okay so i, I come from a, a basically a a uh millwright machinist background okay so working on guns is you know it's, it's a Kinda natural easy. thing I, I grew up working on bicycles and you know yeah, building yeah. boats and the one thing my dad taught me if you own it you should know how to work on it he's, right. an, he's an old yeah. farm boy yeah, yeah. you know so if you got your bailing wire you got your welding machine or whatever you got and you're gonna make it all work so when it comes to guns it's kind of the same approach if you're gonna own it you should know how to work on it absolutely so that's, I that's totally kinda, agree with you on kinda, that kind of yeah. what i do and you grew up down south you've always lived down south right yep Louisiana. Yep. What really got you into to shooting? I mean, you've probably you've been doing it since you were a kid, I assume. Yeah, hunting. You know, I always wanted a BB gun. I had a BB gun early on. You know, that's one of the things. And then I had a pellet gun. Then yeah. finally got a shotgun, a little 20-gauge single shot. And then uh, I started duck hunting. And we were always doing something with a gun. It's big down south. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. Man, the ducks are gone now. Yeah. You know? But anyway, it was a lot of fun. We had, we had access to a lot of flooded timber, a lot of swamp there in uh, St. James Parish. And I uh, just had a lot of fun in the woods. First gun, 20-gauge. 
Pardon? How fast could you load that 20 gauge? Not fast. <laughs> <laughs> you could always get that first shot off real quick. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Get that hammer back and right. let, her, let her go. So you've deer hunted some. <laughs> I have. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And you shot a rifle some. Oh, yeah. And you you have a, a caliber, a deer caliber, 300-yard deer caliber. We're asking everybody. So, we're, well, before you answer that, we're going to lead into that because we ask, <laughs> we ask everybody this. Yeah. Because we did a podcast not long ago. And what we did, we wanted to decide on what was the best whitetail caliber for the state of Virginia. We did it like an NCAA bracket. We had eight yeah. calibers on one side, eight calibers on the other, and we matched them up, paired them up, which I thought perfectly. Yeah. And we ended up with one result. Before we tell you what that result is, I'm <laughs> yeah. curious to know what <laughs> we your, your answer, what and your the, answer and is. And our criteria cri- was you, yeah, tell 300 criteria. yards and in, factoring in speed, energy, recoil, just raw, killing power, personal preference, all that goes into it. Well, recently in the last, I don't know, six, seven years, I've shot the 6.5 Creedmoor. And one thing I like about it, it's hard to find a gun that doesn't shoot it well. Correct. And it has a mild recoil. And the big thing that's changed hunting is range finders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I yeah. didn't have a range finder, I'd probably shoot a 25 or a 6 or something that shoots flatter. Right. And uh, 270 is a great caliber. You know, all, all these guns are good, flat shooting out to 300 or more. But with the, with the range finders now, and everybody has a range finder. Yeah. They're cheap. Everybody's got one. Yep. So the cartridge, and it, like I said, the bullet technology is so good now. It's incredible. You don't need really yeah. a, a lot yeah. of anything. But and the Creedmoor is accurate in the cheap rifle. They you, are. They're not yeah. picky calibers. Uh, it's, it's, just to say, it's, it's such an easy gun to make shoot. You, it's, it would be hard to buy a gun that's not minute of angle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Right. It's, you know, it's so very even, hard. Even the most economical load Hornady makes, which is the 129 grain interlock. Yeah. Uh, their mm-hmm. American whitetail. Yep. Shoots spot on. It is, it is incredible. We're in the so. golden age of factory ammo right oh, now. Yeah. You know, I, I started shooting back in the late 60s, so I've seen really a, a total change of the industry. For as uh, it used to be, they would make something and they would sell it. Not necessarily what you wanted to buy. They'd just make it and you had to buy it. Yeah, that's what yep. you Now had. the industry has evolved to what, hey, Fred, what do you think about this? Well, I want this and this. And they go back and they make what Fred wants and then Fred buys more. Yeah. yeah. So the mentality of marketing has really changed in ammunition. And the, the technology is astronomical for scopes and red dots and ballistics. And like you said with the range finders, it's right. $200 yeah. will get you anything you right. need, you know, out yeah. to 800 yeah. yards. Makes hunting a lot easier. Yeah. But to me, practical 400 yards is wet. I'll take a 400-yard shot if I have a perfect setup. Absolutely. Yeah. If it's yeah. not, I'm not going to make it. I, sure. You no, know, I hunt for, for what I want to get out of it. If I had to eat everything I killed and I was dying I would, and I had to put something <laughs> on the table, well, I, I would make what I'd call a, an unacceptable shot because I, I need it. But, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to waste, you know, trying to hero a shot at 600 yards or something. And, uh, yeah, and, if and it's out of your comfort up, zone, you know? yeah. Right. So, Absolutely. Anyway, so you're going with the Creedmoor. Yeah. For today. Today's caliber. Yeah. Well, okay. Creedmoor made the final Creedmoor four. Creedmoor was in the final four. Yep. Yeah. If Two. I had to, what I'd really want to experiment with would be the six Creedmoor. Yeah. Yeah. With that GMX, I think it's an 85 grain yeah. bullet doing like 34. Six Creedmoor is an awesome round. I think Very good if, round. If I, I just don't have one yet, but if I had one and shot that bullet, I think I could live happily ever I know after. where you can buy one. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing that's really advanced is the uh, bullet technology. It's in there. The, yeah. the GMX line with the solid gilding metal, it just, it's spectacular. Yes. You don't need a heavy bullet, and it shoots so blistering fast and flat. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you could, you could make some. I know it'd be a- excellent round. Another thing too is there's there's a lot of calibers to choose from now. It's I staggering. Mean, you know now because you mentioned six Creedmoor, awesome, yep. awesome caliber. Right. But you know a lot of people may and the the newer younger generation they you say six millimeter Remington they probably don't even know what the hell you're talking about. Right. But now you got a six millimeter arc. 
And, then and a you got 26 six, Nosler, which is the same yeah, caliber. Yeah, and 28 and, Nosler, 27. And like you said, they're all good. The technology's out there. From a hunting standpoint, I just don't think you could really go wrong with any of them. Even the six arc. Yeah. Uh, we shot some deer uh, in Wyoming last year. We had tags for four apiece, and uh, we shot them with the arc out to four, over 400 yards. But the conditions were perfect. Hmm. Right. And we had the, you know, the range finder set up, and we were taking deer at that range, and it was surprisingly effective. Really? Yeah. Shot okay. a few with a three hundred blackout with uh, subsonic ammo. Oh, yeah. And I was really surprised how well that, that Hornady subsonic round worked. That's that the, well 190, the 190 yeah, the sub, sub X? The sub X. Yeah. That's what I shoot in mine. It's, uh, it's, it's incredibly accurate. For so close in, and if you take your shot correctly, uh, like I said, I don't have to shoot unless it's perfect, and I won't. One thing, I don't like to track, and I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to see that's it. Why, well, <laughs> that's why you can speed shoot. You can, get right. off, you can get off like five rounds before I get off one. That's <laughs> right. Before I even make my mind up to shoot. They, yeah. don't, they don't stand a chance. Yeah. Yep. Speaking so. of which, you've got a long list of accomplishments. And I think the one I was recently reading about was you got off five shots in a revolver in 0.57 seconds, mm-hmm. which is very fast, by the way. But didn't you put every single round in a certain size? Size of your hand. Okay. Yep. That's incredible, man. Yep, I was, I was shooting a lot back then, you know. I was, I was racing all the time. So. You don't shoot much anymore? No, I don't shoot much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I shot a lot back then. Okay. To, and it, what, what to me always fascinated me was uh, even when I was shooting good, I still wasn't what I wanted to be. Yeah. So you have that next That's level good. that you, yeah. want, that you want to go to. A little to, hunger. And you want to try different techniques and different holes and uh, ammunition. And uh, I spent a lot of time burning up ammo. How many rounds in your lifetime you think you've shot? I think a couple million or more. <laughs> that's uh, that's 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 quite a few. And we, you know, guys think you know, I just sit there and people dump stuff in my lap. But when I when I started shooting, I I we cast our own bullets, made our own bullet lube. I even made my own shot for shotgun for a number of years. Yeah, you used to drip your own shot. Yeah, yeah. so everything I did was on was on my dime. I paid for every. And you every, said you shot for fourteen years on yeah, your own dime. Yeah, right. And I, yeah. Everything I paid for everything. You know, from start to finish, guns, ammunition, uh, expenses to go to a match, training, yeah. uh, and ammo. When I, I remember my buddy and I used to go to all the gun shops, and we'd buy all the scraps that were left. <laughs> and we, we'd go in there. This old gun shop we went into, they had an eight-pound keg of uh, Top Mark powder. I've never heard of Top Mark. You know, I've heard of it, but no, yeah, it's, uh, it was way before it. my time. So we bought that. It, that you could almost see through the, 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 the can. It was so old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, we, then we found a can of uh, Gray B. So we bought that. It was cheap. Nobody wanted it, and it was there for like 30 years. So we just buy everything we could possibly think of to make the next shot as cheap as we could because yeah. we wanted to shoot a lot. Yeah. And I, if I remember right back when we first started reloading, it was like 38 cents a box mm. to reload them. <laughs> well, you know, we've come, you know, with uh, with the availability of stuff right now, we've come full circle because now I think people are just taking whatever they can get yeah. to, to reload right now. Which is why I brought I brought those primers in to kind yeah, of tease you a little there? bit. What's that over there? What you got going on? That's there? gold. That's a that's two boxes of gold. That's like ten thousand small pistol primers. Throw them out on the floor one by one. See what happens. Yeah, it'd be awesome, man. <laughs> People be on their hands and knees picking it up. You know what's 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 really uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'll, I'll you can say, say whatever it. you, you can want. Say whatever Jerry. You want. One, one thing I, one, one thing I, I noticed as a, a gun enthusiast is that it's really a shame that a gun company has to market a gun for self defense or home defense. So yep. when I when I hear that, I say, well, something is wrong. Yeah. 
why would a guy, and it used to be if you were a hunter or something, you always kept something in the closet. Sure. Because you just had common sense. But now you market guns explicitly for that purpose. And I'm not knocking sales because that's what people are demanding. Sure. But it's really sad that they have to have a demand in that market. So it puts it puts yeah. a flag up to me as a free man and an individual that we can't police our society better than that. Uh, Did that make any sense? It yeah. makes perfect sense so it's just um, uh, and you grew up in a house full of guns so a gun was a gun again a gun was a tool you didn't need a home defense gun and of this gun and of that gun you just had a gun right yeah yeah so i'm not knocking the people who sure. sell these products because that's what the that's what people demand and because they need it yeah and you shouldn't you go about 10 miles south of here yeah, the whole city well, on it, fire. It, to but, me it's, it's 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 a flag thing yeah and and i think one of the most important or the most important accessory you sell with a firearm is education and I was hoping right. we'd get into that because I know education yep. is important to you and training is vital when it comes to the responsibility of owning a firearm. You know, would you agree with that statement? Oh, or? definitely, yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah. In the past two years, the the amount the volume in gun sales has been tremendous. And a lot of people say, Well, it's a it's a big knee jerk reaction to the violence that was happening in a lot in a lot of the big major cities all across the country. And like you said, it's it's pretty sad that people are in a position where they fear for their lives or their family's lives, and they have to go out and, and get something right. like that. And yeah, it's it's sad. I've I've always ex- uh, let me say not expect. I've always assumed that you could take care of yourself. Yeah, you know, just being a guy. That's that's your responsibility if you're a family. If you have a family, you have to take care of your family. Whatever it takes, you got to do that. Yep. Whatever that takes. So, the level of what we see happening in the in the cities is so staggeringly bad you ever thought you'd see a ride where the police are getting burned out yeah I never, and they can't they can't respond so what what level of security is that that is exactly what you're seeing in gun sale yeah guys are saying now look these guys are going to come through my front door and the police are going the other way and uh here's these guys what am i going to do yeah, with them kind of yeah. me versus them yeah so you have to do something yep mm-hmm and uh, a big part of that's training. We preach it a lot at our shooting range and even to new new gun buyers uh, in, in the store and, and anywhere. I mean, any, any friends that I know, that, that whether they purchased it here or wherever, I've told them, I've said, you know, you need to get familiar with that firearm, no matter what kind of firearm yeah. it is, whether you're hunting with it or right. you're yeah. target shooting, whatever. You need to because— Even before you shoot it. Go yeah. home, be from, read the book. Hey, it's come a, the book for a reason. It's a yeah. well, it's a it's a yeah. very large responsibility. <laughs> Correct. In owning a firearm. It's, it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it's, huge it's bigger. It's bigger than mo- what most people uh, think. And the beauty uh, behind all the you know the, the burned down cities and everything, there's always beauty in something. There's a whole lot of new gun owners. Maybe yeah. a whole lot of new votes changing, but probably a whole lot of minds got changed in the last eighteen months, two years. A whole lot of new people. Buying doesn't name the brand Smith and Wesson, Ruger, Daniel oh, Defense. Yep. People buying good stuff, bad stuff, but they're buying something and they're trying something new. And a whole lot of new enthusiasts. And you know, it's big in the sport. You gotta have. If you don't have new and you don't have growth, you don't have any more. You don't have a future. So, yep. and we're in a fortunate position where we do well when other people do well. But selling a gun to somebody, first gun, last gun, tenth gun, a hundredth gun, mm-hmm. it's always kind of puts a smile on your face, especially when someone knows how to use it and they take the time to respect it. But getting a new gun out there. Certainly doesn't scare me. I'd much rather everybody own ten than ten people own all of them. So I would. Uh, That's a good you know, point. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I like <laughs> seeing them go point. out the door, yeah. and I like seeing people pick up new hobbies. And you know, new shooters fuel your sport. New shooters fuel our business. And and I'm a shooter, and Hunter's a shooter, and Jason over there in the corner, he's a shooter. So we need more people in the room. So yeah, which uh, brings me to one of my questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked you this question a few years ago. Okay, maybe two, three years ago. 
Um, and I loved your answer. It was the best, and, and it was it totally caught me off guard because it was the best answer I've ever heard. What what is your what is your favorite gun? <laughs> the one I have in my hand at the time. <laughs> I think it was the answer then. Yeah. That is, that's great, yeah. man. <laughs> and then quickly, what's the difference in your eyes between training and practice? Because me and another guy at work have this discussion all the time. Say, say that again. The difference between training and practice, if you have a difference. Because some people say me and me and Hunter went up to the range. You know, shot a couple rounds of practice, or. I went training with Hunter Sunday. Uh, <laughs> you, you actually need both. You need both. But you have to put yourself, if you're going to carry a handgun for any kind of defensive purposes, mm-hmm. you have to be exposed to a stress environment on how you're going to apply it. So if you don't go out and stress yourself, I, like I was telling that we, we, we had that breakfast this morning in the range. Yeah. And I, I said, everybody buys a handgun, they think they're John Wayne. I said, would you buy a violin, put it in the trunk of your car, never touch it, I'm driving down, I see a concert, I'm going to jump up on stage and be yeah. a concert I'm violinist. I'm open up for Charlie Daniels. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm <laughs> not going to be a concert violinist, and you're sure. going to degrade just like that with that handgun. <clears throat> right. And yeah. if you're going to need it, and they're hard to shoot to begin with, and sure. the only reason you want one because they're so portable. Right. Yeah. It's not my first choice, even though they're great products. That If I know I'm going to get into a scrape... I'm not going to take that. You're going to fight your way to something I might have it for a backup, but it's not going to be primary. Right. The the whole idea is it's portable enough, so when you you get caught out in the open, say, and you need something, that you have it with you. But you need training. You got to to use that thing under stress. Because I've always been amazed at how much I've uh, digressed under pressure. So if I'm going to shoot, say, an 80% match, I have to shoot 110% practice. Okay. And, then and you leave, have to artificial stress. You have to right. put the stress so, on yeah, yourself. Then, that, that, then you'll degrade because you'll be totally off guard. Your adrenaline going to be pumping. And if you've never shot with a lot of adrenaline pumping through your veins. Yeah. It's it, different. It yeah, affects your it, performance. Well, yeah, without, you, you, you start fail. shaking. People, then you get 2,000 people they, watching. They start shaking. TV yeah. So what yeah. do you do when you shake? You so ever thought? You, you miss. Thought? Well, you can. throwing bullets. I used to practice how to shake and still be controllable. How did you do that? I've I, got I just physically you just shook, physically shook. I, I would physically and to shake the it. gun and oh see and see how well I can control it on a target. And yeah, I've done a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I haven't. Well, yeah, uh, we, yeah. we were talking about training, and I was telling these guys. I said, you know, I used to practice how to miss. And I do that all the time. And I was talking. I was talking to another. I'm pro. just starting to get good. <laughs> I, think I, was, I'm, I, was, Jerry, I think I'm gonna make it. I was talking to the to another pro level shooter. And I was telling him that. He said, why would you reinforce the negative? And I said, have you ever missed? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. So that training has actually led me to the winning circle uh, many times when I shot against another guy, fa- rapid fire. Yeah. Because I could miss faster and recover than the other guy. Okay. So you're, you're learning to shoot through the miss. Yeah. yeah okay. If you don't know what to do with it and how to read it, how to interact with it visually and mechanically, you're, you're you going to be offset. You're going to yeah, have that deer in the headlights yeah. moment. So what do I do with it? The same thing with the gun shaking. I've I've went to matches where when I first started shooting, it was like someone else holding a gun and they can't hold it straight. <laughs> and that was me. Yeah. See, I, I, so. I shoot a lot of sporting clays, a lot of competitive yeah. and yeah. semi-high level sporting clays. And it's, that's most people's thing when they walk off the course. I can't believe I missed that target. I can't believe I missed this one. I lost by one bird. I missed that target. Well, if you learn how to shoot through the miss, because mm-hmm. you're going to miss. It's just going to happen. But yep. if you can learn to shoot through the miss, you'll prevail and may become a better shot on the remainder box or two boxes mm-hmm. left in your course. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. Not to just miss on purpose all the time, but if you teach yourself how to miss, 
Because you will probably, in, at least in my shooting sports, mm-hmm. you're going to lose more than you win all the time. Yeah. Especially I, somebody, you know, weekend shooter, weekend warrior, he'll never get his money back. He'll never get his time back. So you got to learn to live with your accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Probably well, the biggest difference between aerial shooting, like like Ford and Clay, you get one shot at it. Sure. So it, an action pistol, I have what the magazine holds. Okay. I can have these misses. Yeah. Where you're kind of a different sport, but you still you still want to learn from their sure from the missed shot. Why did it miss? Did I not? Did I not swing? Did I not follow yeah. through? Or is it going to affect the rest of my round yeah, or not? Yeah. Right, yeah. Did I not cheek the gun? Or yep. So you gotta you gotta yeah run the checklist. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can tell you why I missed. And then every the bottom line miss, is yeah. just plain stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sometimes you just sometimes you just miss. I was fortunate early on. Smith and Weston had some sales guys. They were they were all in the in the Skeet Hall of Fame. And we first started shooting uh, Sportsman Team Challenge. You had one section with shotgun. So so Mr. Ken said like and he and his wife both in the Skeet Hall of Fame. Super nice guy. One of the nicest guys I ever worked with. I just got on with Team Smith and Weston, and I was standing in front of Ken, and I this bird came by and I shot and I missed, and I looked back at Ken. I said, Ken, why why did I miss that bird? He said, "Cause you're stupid." <laughs> I said, "Well, I know that, Ken. Now come up here and tell me." <laughs> anyway, he was. <laughs> anyway, that was Ken's. That was Ken's I- I- intro to aerial shotgun target uh, uh, shooting. But no, Ken was a great stupid, guy, yeah. and I learned a lot from watching Ken. Yeah, uh, he was such a he was such a good guy to work with. But uh, I learned a lot from learned a lot from. Do you him. have any input on the transfer from someone who's a pistol shooter? To a shotgun shooter. If you're going to make a, just a small move, because I've taken a guy from the store here who's a fantastic, absolutely fantastic pistol yeah. shot, and his game is move, stop, shoot. Yeah. And my game is move, mount, shoot, yeah. and shoot into where it's going. Right. Yeah, that's a totally different phenomenon to someone who has never shot both disciplines. I remember shooting with a, a trap. Yeah, he was a trap uh, national champion. Mm-hmm. He never shot with a shotgun that wasn't mounted. Okay. Always pre-mounted. When Always pre-mounted. Yep. And when, when he went from low ready, he just beat him to death. Yeah. You know, you say shotgun shooting is shotgun shooting, but it's yeah. so totally different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, he takes sporting clays to trap. It's like yeah. bovine shooting to action pistol. Yep. The only thing similar, you're making noise. Yeah, you but, pull the trigger and the gun goes yeah, off. Yeah, something. Yep. But usually a shotgun guy is hard to get on a pistol well because a, a rough trigger pull in a shotgun is survivable. Yep. And a handgun, it's it's death. Yep, so that's you, my biggest crippler. So, so you trigger- um, among being stupid, well. that's my biggest crippler. <laughs> it's because I and, and more recently, you know, the better your shotgun yeah. trigger gets, the better your trigger control gets. But you're yeah. right, you, yeah. you know, pulling the trigger with yeah. a shotgun is almost part of your lead. Where yeah. pulling yeah. the trigger with yeah. a, a pistol, it's if it's not a crisp and, and yeah. ready when yeah. you are. So that's the usually shotgun guys when you get on a handgun. They have to relearn trigger pull. Yeah, yeah, and vice versa. That's the like hardest thing sh- I found. When you shoot shotgun, the whole idea is never stop the gun. Yeah, so it's always in motion. You know, it, move, mount, shoot. For me, it's always been focus, and 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 the amount of focus it takes to shoot competitively, whether it's a, a, on a level that Andrew's at, mm-hmm. where it's sporting clays, I can't even imagine the amount of focus sure. it takes to be on your level, and that's just some for some people it just comes easy, but. Is there a certain place you go or something like that? Or is there a way to train do, your focus? Do you, do you train your focus or is well, there something you do repetitively? Or? The biggest fault I find with people on a range, and, and if I do a class with, with guys or ladies, and one, th- one thing I tell them, if we're doing drills and you had the best run you ever had, I said don't throw it away by putting it in the holster. Keep it mounted. Relive it from end of the muzzle all the way down to your toe. Get that feeling of where your weight balance is, what you saw, close your eyes just just live it for another moment yeah 
if you're just hooping and hollering, you put it back in the holster, you've lost that whole experience. Yep. So to me, when I advanced in shooting, it was always visual input more than physical input. Okay. Yeah. Because if I'm asked to give a Smith and Wesson performance and they say, Jerry, get up there and do this, shoot multiple targets, I instantly have to catalog what I'm going to see, and I just replay the reel. I don't want to relearn it in front of a crowd. Yeah, right. So the visual input, if you understand how to see well, you can just you can just bring it back to that frame and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to see this. Yeah. And you and you just see it. You don't make it happen. You just watch it happen. Because if you try to make it happen, you get mechanical. That's, and you that'll tie, be and quote of the day. Don't wa- don't make it happen. You watch can't, it you happen. Can't make, yeah. If you try to make it happen, you're going to get all you're going to get real bulky. You're going to yeah. get chop chop. Like I you know I, I demonstrated in front of a class piece ahead of piece of two by eight about 10 foot long so i walked it i said so easy to walk that two by ten yeah nothing to it i said put it up 10 feet and walk it <laughs> put it up 100 feet right I put it up 20 stories yeah so what's the difference now yeah. all of a sudden you put a value on your performance yeah and the performance if i don't do it right i fall yeah but it's the same mechanical same thing but you go to a match and you want to make it happen you get that same feeling like you're out on that piece of two by ten yeah. at 100 feet you get real choppy. Your balance is off. Your yep. vision is off. I just put that that line in my list of quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it happen. Watch it. You got to watch yeah, it. Happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's it's so simple, but it's, it is it's so hard because you want to drive all the time, but your subconscious is so fast. If you try to drive it, you'll never. Your timing is totally off. Yeah. So you just got to say, "Boom! Here we go." Yeah. That's what I say. Here we uh, go. That's perfect, yeah. And you've been there before, and you've seen it before, and you've done it before, so the yeah. more you shoot, the more comfortable you should get with watching you, you it You do, because you, yeah. you're, you're going to be that guy walking that 2 by 10 You're not going to do it. Sure. And you're going to shake, and you're going to do all this, but that's part of the learning curve. Yeah. But you just accept it as uh, putting in your dues, and just because you're going to screw up some really easy stuff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and you're well, not the yeah. only guy to do that. Well, my wife's going to really think I'm <laughs> stupid when I get home. Or and she's going to think well, you're a great pistol no, shot. But yeah. when, I'm, when I'm in the backyard walking on a two by 10 shaking my right. uh, hand, yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. shoot a target. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what I got from that. No, right. I'm just kidding. But, no, but, you know, we, we were I'm talking, like a loaded gun in a two by eight. We were yeah. talking, the guy was, you know, we were shooting a three gun match, and this guy really hacked up this pistol stage really bad. And I, I see it kind of tore him up, you know. So yeah. he, he's a young guy. He come off the line. I said, what do you see there? He said, well, I'm trying to shoot fast. I said, you're trying to get to the last target before you shot the first one. Yeah. So these other 10 targets are in your way. Hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? The most, yeah. the most valuable shot you're going to make is the one that's coming up right now, not the last one. And all he was thinking about was getting over there and firing that last shot and stopping and, yeah, the stage. Yeah, and put it back in the holster, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so he was finished before he even drew the gun. Yeah. And you could see it in him the way he was running. He was running. Get, I've done the same yeah, thing. Start favoring yeah. to the end. Yeah, yeah right. he just wanted to get over there, and make the time ten seconds instead of shooting ten targets in ten seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, are you uh, superstitious? You eat the same thing for breakfast before you shoot, no. or you tie your shoes a certain no, way? Or? No, he's Jerry Mitchell. Can he hit an? I just go. I just go <laughs> at it. You know. Well, well he's also <laughs> the same man that called himself stupid fifteen minutes ago. So, <laughs> I, I've always, I've always thought if you had to have a pattern, you were weak. I could not agree anymore. You know, when when one thing that really helped me out when I was in shooting, when my my daughter came along, Lena, I would be shooting like a USPSA. Yeah, she's a pretty good shot too. So yeah, l- yeah. she got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's not stupid. Yeah. But my wife and I would be, you know, we're we're, we're shooting on the same squad, and Lena's like. You know, year old, you got to change diapers. Yeah. So I'm out there changing this diaper, and I'm like two shooters down. You know. Yeah. I I got to be able to do this. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to have that mental weakness absolutely. if I got to go over there and get in a corner and get in the dark and I can't hear or see anybody for ten minutes. That's not reality. Right. Yeah. So if I I always thought of that as a weakness. That's a that's a 
great way to look yeah, at it. It's a great you know, observation. It's just not natural because life doesn't happen that way. And I'm sure there's plenty of superstitious shooters who are very, 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 very good shooters. And it works great for them. Yeah. But I think your output and your your look on it is, is, is way better because you're just – you can either do it or you can't. And you, you can, can make you, yourself learn it. You can make it so hard you can't do it. But when you put <laughs> all those superstitions in a way, it seems like they're Band-Aids. But they're just well, – they're getting you better today, it's, it's, but are you going to get better it's a, next it's year? A, I think it's a bad form because uh, you have to be dependent on it. Yeah. Like you said, I got to tie my shoe this way or this way. Yeah, and my shoe is not. Well, I always eat at Hardy's before I shoot. And yeah, so it, that's, today. yeah, that's yeah. another crutch thing. And yep. life's not that way. Life is pretty random, and you better be random too. Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's that's the best <laughs> way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> I've been random and stupid. <laughs> I'm working on both right now. Yeah. That's that's the title of this podcast. Correct. Random and stupid. Well, yeah. I've done a lot of. We're both. all stupid. <laughs> not, a, not a lot of both. A lot of both. So one of the accomplishments I saw is something something about a Barrett 107. Yeah. Well, can you tell us? Is there a story behind that, or can you explain what that uh, what that is about? Well, I never had a Barrett. Okay. So we got one. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those South Louisiana learning curves. And uh, get put, it and play with it. I, yeah. Put, I, yeah. I took it out of the box and said, "That's a big gun," you know. Put a scope on it. Made one shot and sighted it in. I said. Let's go ahead and race this thing. Yeah, all right. So if anybody that's, that's listening doesn't know, a Barrett 107 is a, a semi-automatic 50 caliber made yep. by Barrett Firearms. Yep. yep. And was this a 20-inch or 29-inch? 20-inch. 20-inch. So it's yes. the carbine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's only 37 pounds. But it weighs, yeah. Uh, yeah, it weighs close to 40 pounds. So, uh, all right, I'll let you continue. So I, I think I did two sided shots. So I just put it on there. I had bore-sided it. Okay. And those things are pretty expensive, so I wasn't going to waste a whole bunch of time they shooting, are. shooting yeah. ammo. So I shot two rounds, I think, to sight it. And I told the camera guy, I said, crank it up. I said, we're going to run this thing, you know. So I shot uh, six rounds in a second with it offhand. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> Good. But, but the gun, the gun actually, it talks to you the whole time you're shooting it. Yeah. And on a high-speed camera, you see as soon as the boat closes, it's firing. Yeah. So, it, so is that that's on YouTube, isn't it? Yeah. What was the beauty part of the gun? It cycled at a at a relatively easy pace of seventeen hundredths of a second. So it just it just nice casual pace. It did, yeah. you know. You just get it up and you're just riding it. You're going like, yeah. And it, <laughs> on the first shot, I could just feel the gun work, and I'm going, this is okay. going to be a good one. Yeah. Okay. And just cranked out six of them. It was so easy to shoot in a split second. In a second, yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and you're uh, and talking about the trigger and the reset and everything. Most of these guns out on the counter, can you outrun shotguns? Okay, you can't run pretty much all of them? Well, not really. It, the guns that work by recoil are easier to, to outrun than the gas guns. Okay. They work a little slower. Yep. So you have to be a little bit more easy with them when you shoot. And if you shoot them straight up and down, they're slower. Yes. I can it, <clears throat> On the right day, I can outrun uh, an inertia gun. Yep. You know, going yep. up in the yep. air, absolutely, yep. But the gas guns are usually a little quicker. Guns that have trigger disconnects, of course, you can't outrun them. You just need to pull the trigger again. Yeah. But it's kind of fun. Every time you pick up something and you shoot it, it it's kind of talking to you the whole time. Mm-hmm. And you get to feel for how it's how yeah. the, the recoil cycle, the impulse. You know, you shot you shoot a lot of sporting clay, so you know the impulse. Sure. And you know how to reset triggers. And and, a lot of times, at least with my experience, I know within four or five shells, four or five mm-hmm. shots, hey, it's going to be going, or this ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know, I, I can normally tell pretty quick. Uh, so, it's, it's either the felt recoil <laughs> or the, the – crisp on the trigger or yep. you know something the way i'm breaking the targets the way I, what i'm seeing I, I can normally tell 
semi quick. Yeah. But to me, that was always the fun part: is how fast it'll shoot. Yeah, yeah. And then see. What that you seems can, to be your trend. And then yeah. to see what you can do with it after. <laughs> yeah. You know, say if I can fire six rounds on one target, I'm going like, man, I'm shoot two on each in the same amount of time. Yeah. Let's see what happens. So other than and the fifty, all right. So the Barrett one hundred seven. We'll go back to that five point five seven. Was was five so shots. That was five shots. And that's out of double a action. Thirty eight double action. Yeah. yeah. And you put it up basically in a deck of cards. About hand size. About yeah. hand size. Yeah. yeah. What What are some other uh, when spontaneous Smith, things you did? <laughs> when Smith and Wesson came out with their eight shooter. Yeah. The six twenty seven. Yep. Okay. We shot eight rounds in a second. Okay. Oh, but, but that one. God. You having a bad day? <laughs> God. <Yeah. laughs> that was a that was a lot of fun because I had to have very consistent split times and they all came out at fourteen hundreds. Splits. Hmm. So that is incredible. So that was that was a, that was a lot of fun. In my game, when I train, I train with with a shot timer. Yep. And it, to me, running splits very consistent is where I want to be mentally and also physically. So if I, I was t- doing a class today. You know, I was telling these guys in the range. I said, okay, I got three targets in front of me. When I'm walking a stage of fire at a match, and I look at it subconsciously, I, I know already how fast I am going to shoot. So when the gun comes out of the holster, it's going to start shooting. So the trigger pull is not even a thought anymore. Right. The big thought is what I'm going to do with it in between targets because it's going to go off. I better, find, I better find something to do with this gun. It's in 1400s. It's, it's going off. Something's yeah. going to happen. I got to bring it somewhere. Yeah. It all works as a team effort when, you, when you're shooting cycle times. It relaxes your vision a lot. Yeah. And you're, hmm. you're, you're, you're able to look at more targets than one, and it's actually easier. Because you you know when the gun's going off, you don't have to look and look and shoot. Well, you, the shooting's coming. You, what I see with most guys is they're way too precision with their with their what they want to get out of a target. You know, the thing is eighteen inches wide. Just you know, it. the A box and is, you know, five and a half inches wide, and it's about eight inches tall. That's a big place to shoot into. Yeah, shoot it, you move know? on. Yeah, so your your trigger pull there is going to be more important than side alignment. <laughs> and you got a you got a thousand yard shot under your belt too, don't you? Yeah, that's right. A couple of them. You got a couple of them was with a nine millimeter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did nine offhand, and then we shot a a forty four on bags at a thousand. Who was it? Munden, right? Bob Munden yeah, used Bob, to do yeah. Bob, and you probably yeah. know Bob. Yep. He's he, he used to do a lot of the trick shots and stuff like that, but he was more of a single action guy, correct? Yep. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, you do much with the single actions? As I well? haven't. No. Okay. No. No, he, you just don't want to don't, don't want to beat Bob. No, Bob. Bob, Bob was so. Bob, I, I knew Bob. He was he was a good friend of father in law Jim Clark Senior. Yeah. He shot Clark long slide forty five ACPs in some of his demos. Okay. So he and okay. Jim went back a long ways. But Bob was very unique in his single action shooting. He was so specialized that it it would take me as many years as he did to get there, and I just don't have that many years to get there. Yeah. <laughs> but he was he was very unique in his presentation. He was a good showman. And uh, he he did a lot of very unique single action stuff. Hmm. I had a lot of respect for him. Jerry, you have a lot of sponsors. You got more sponsors than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, just looking at your shirt you're wearing, you've got yeah. I mean some big name stuff out there that 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 sponsor you. Mm-hmm. But the one that always stands out to me, especially Smith and Wesson, but right. their performance center. Yeah. Um, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the Performance Center because I'm sure a lot of what you shoot from Smith are Performance Center weapons. Am I correct on a saying that? A couple of them are, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, do you, uh, as far as the background on the Performance Center, uh, what we can tell listeners about the Performance mm-hmm. Center from Smith & Wesson, it's essentially their custom shop. Is it that is. correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. You're the revolver guy, but I'm sure you're shooting some stuff in semi-autos as well from smith yep, or yep, you're shooting yep. everything yeah the m&p long slide pro and the uh the rifle 
Yeah, okay. yeah you shoot yeah. a performance center rifle, too. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any influence on that? They say, a, Jerry, what should a, we make next? A little bit. Yeah. It, it, those guns shoot exceptionally well. Yeah. yeah. They do. I've, My I've, experience with them. I took it to the world match in, in in Russia a couple of years ago, and we were on a sight-in range. I was shooting 55 uh, Hornady VMAX ammo. That's what I could get. Yeah. Wasn't my first choice. I, at least, I usually shoot a 75, but that's what I could get. I'm a, yeah. so, I'm anyway, a 75 they, they, guy. There's a 200-meter sight-in range. So we, they're running like 15 people at a time on a squad. You had a target at 200 meters. You shot a three-shot group. You, you bagged your firearm, and you went down and paced the target. So I shot my first three rounds, and I went down there with like three quarters of an inch. Mm. I went, well, you know, sometime you luck into a yeah. good group, you know. So I taped it. I taped and came back. I had to sit out a rotation, and I, then I shot another rotation. I shot another three-quarter inch group. So I went, hmm, like, what if I tell Two people? Two flukes I, in one day? If, if, yeah. I, if, I actually, if, if I actually tell people I missed over here because of me, and I don't yeah. really want to say that. Yeah, I don't like that. you got to throw the next group. Yeah, yeah that's what you were practicing missing on that. Nah, right? yeah. I, I was trying to aim, but yeah. uh, I was really impressed with the gun and the ammunition, so I shot a good match. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, you know, again, thank you for being here. Uh, I know you got to get back out there. There's a lot of people out there looking forward to talking to you and seeing you. You're, you're here all weekend. And we really appreciate appreciate you taking the time to be here, uh, especially for our customers and for us here at Green Top. Thank you, Jason, for for babysitting them. Yeah, Smith & Wesson (laughs) is responsible for me being here, so they get all the credit on that one. And are you in charge of Jason? I saw him walking around by himself (laughs) earlier. Yeah, you're actually Jason's handler, right? (laughs) He's my shooting coach. There you go. (laughs) Good. When we leave here, we're going to go do a little practice. Okay. There you go. I'll help show you how to load his moon clips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. Got some stuff you got to work on. He can can pick it up, so I've got to work on it. Good. Thanks thanks again, Jerry. Jerry, Um, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. My, my pleasure. Um, time to get back out in the, that tent and oh, uh, man. see everybody. Mm. Back to work, boss. Back to work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about Green Top at greentophuntfish.com.